You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Well, what an afternoon. Welcome to the Full Throttle podcast from Imola in Italy. It's 37 minutes past three local time here on Sunday afternoon. As I talk to you, James Whittam's here with me, Greg Haynes. James, I think we need to get straight into the situation we've just had here at Imola. The races are being cancelled here this afternoon. World Superbike Race 2 and the 300 race. Before we get into all the complex detail of the matter, what's your initial feeling as to what we've just seen? Well, my initial feeling is, with the hindsight of knowing that it came on terrain after, just after the decision was made really hard. So uh, we had rain, we had really heavy rain. It, it, it baited somewhat, uh, and then they thought there might be a race. Then it started raining heavier, um, and since they've decided not to run, it, it, it's obvious they couldn't have run because five minutes into the race it would have been it's torrential again and I mean this place is ups and it's downs and there's a lot of um, places where water stands and it doesn't matter what tyres you've got on if you're doing you know 250 kilometres an hour and you've got a puddle that's sort of half an inch or an inch deep well it's just going to aquaplane you know not just that you've got um, visibility issues hey listen I have seen racers run in worse conditions and I have got on my bike and gone and raced in worse conditions however you have to consult the riders and if if the majority of the riders and it seemed to me the majority didn't want to race thought it was unfit there were people who were quite happy to race in actual fact um, most of the Brits seemed like they would have actually raced the decision was made by the organisers having consulted the riders this wasn't anything like a, a mutiny or a you know what uh, uh, any kind of um, union kind of riders union type thing it, it was a decision by the organizers based on information from all over the place some of that information and opinion was from the riders and i i mean like i said with the with the benefit of hindsight because now it is absolutely bouncing off the off the roof of the building we're in now uh, and you couldn't erase uh, i think think the decision was probably the right one Obviously, I'm going to be looking at this from a commentary, journalistic, fan, whatever you want to call it, point of view. You're the rider point of view. Let's try and break this down then into different levels. First of all, first and foremost, 2019, obviously safety is a massive thing these days. It wasn't so much in the past. It certainly is now. Should we be coming with a world championship, like the World Superbike Championship, to a track, an old track with more limited runoff areas, narrower track, gutters, and who knows what else in this day now? Should we be coming here? Um, yeah, I'm a little bit kind of split because... I raced here quite a lot, loved the place. Uh, even back then, it was one of the circuits you really wouldn't want to fall off at in places. That said, there's a couple of circuits like that in the UK. Um, I think they're going to look at it now, and I think they're going to 
probably reassess that and think, should we be going to uh, Imola? There is places that have more runoff than anywhere else in the world that uh, have been cancelled due to rain in the past. Silverstone is one of them. They had the GP race cancelled this last year. And safety-wise, that's better than anywhere else in the world. So there is a point when it rains that hard, it's impossible to run or run a car race or run anything else. Um, but it is a circuit that's older style and probably if you designed this circuit now you would design it with different safety features yeah on the other side on the flip side i think it is important that world superbikes does come to different tracks to moto gp which is obviously the championship everybody compares it with the two top motorcycle world championships for road racing in the world it's also nice, isn't it, that we come to Imola, that we go to Laguna Seca, to places that are not in MotoGP? Yeah, I mean, I think that's what one of the unique selling points, if you like, of World Superbike Olds was, uh, was that we went to places like Brands Arch, we went to Imola, we went to uh, Monza, we went to the old Hockenheim. This is a long time after GP stopped going to places like this, mostly on safety grounds, I have to say. Um, but there's a, there's a balance to be struck. Um, Places need to be safe. If circuits want to run top-level racing, then maybe some of them have to make some changes. They've met over the years. They have made changes here at uh, Emily. We're saying there's more runoff down there at Villeneuve. Maybe they need to make some more. Maybe they're going to be keen to do that. Um, for me, it's quite sad that we don't go. And I know things change. I know things move on. But if I look back at some of my favourite circuits that I've ever raced at, most of those circuits... Uh, are the ones we, we don't go back to now for World Superbike, so a little bit sad. Another thing that's important to stress, because here on Eurosport we also have Formula E, we've got well touring cars and other car racing, endurance racing. Racing in the wet on a motorcycle is a completely different ball game to in a car, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I mean, racing in a car is completely different to a bike anyway. Cars can race around some places that are... The safest way of racing a car is to have the barriers that close that the car can't go... Uh, cartwheel across any open spaces so they what car racers need basically is to be hemmed in so that the car hits a barrier therefore slows down and the safety is all the safety features all built into that car so they're all in safety tubs as long as that thing doesn't start cartwheeling and spinning out of control and and hits something fairly quick and is contained if you like then it seems to be fairly that's the safest way of running the cars around the track bikes is completely the opposite because on a bike you, in the event of a crash, leave contact with your bike and you want to keep away from your bike. You don't want your bike to hit you or anybody else to hit you on their bike uh, and you don't want it a barrier. So when you're sliding down the road on your backside uh, with no bike anywhere near, what you need is room. What you need is to skid across uh, grass, tarmac, gravel, whatever, and not hit anything hard because it's a stop at the end of your slide that hurts you. Now, while you were down there in Prez, as we call it, the presentation team with Matt Roberts, Shaky Burn, we had Charlie Hiscott in the pit lane today. I was sitting here in the commentary box, James, as you know, yeah. and some people back home might not know that. While we're sometimes on screen for British Eurosport, we're still commentating for international Eurosport. And I was between the two, and I was listening into the conversations on the world feed from Dorna uh, that is provided in the pictures we see during the races to what was being discussed. And from what I could hear... In my opinion, all based on only what I heard, Gregorio Levia, all he wanted to do was give all of the riders an opportunity to voice their opinion. And from there, they were going to decide, will we go back out for a sighting lap to see how the track is? That's what Levia said. He said, I think we should maybe just go out first on your bikes. It's not the same as going out in a safety car. 
assess the track, and then if you don't want to race, we won't race. That is what happened in the end. Do you agree with that? Do you think it would have been silly not to at least have a go? Yes, Greg Levy has, has pressure to from A, the people who's paid the good uh, out of money mm. to, to be, come and watch, yeah. B, from the riders. So I think that he's got a sort of foot in both camps, really. If he can run, he wants to run. If he's unsafe, clearly he doesn't want to run. He gets information from all over the place, from going around doing his laps in the safety car. He can he can assess that himself. He was a top line rider himself, was Greg. Um, he will also take uh, the opinion of the riders, and then he'll kind of evaluate all this, and the race organisation will come up with a decision. He's got to talk to the riders. Uh, he'd be condemned for not doing in such a situation. Uh, but he is in a little bit of a sort of no-win situation, really. Um, so just to clarify that, James, sorry to butt in. Obviously, you're a rider yourself and you've ridden in this World Championship in Supersport and Superbike yeah. and won races in both of those classes. So just to clarify, if Greg Levere had said today, right, we're racing, get your leathers on, get out there, or, right, we're not racing and not consulted the riders, whichever way it went, that wouldn't be the right thing to do, would it? No, because whoever the decision, whether they didn't agree with that decision, is going to say, well, we never consulted, how they going to race and blah, blah, blah. So he's got a really difficult job. And then there's, there's a, few, a few people on Twitter said that, well, just uh, run the race and if you don't want to ride, don't ride, it's up to you. Now that's, that's something Loris Bars tweeted, actually, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, Loris Bars, that's fine. And maybe Loris Bars was quite happy to go out in these conditions. I mean, he's not here, but he, maybe he was. And that's fine if it's a non-championship race and you're doing it for a few quid of prize money or for the fun of it. Mm. But actually, when there's world championship points at stake, then there is pressure from riders to go out and, and try and not lose out in championship-wise if they don't go out. So it, it, it's a really difficult decision, one that can't be left wholly to the riders, but the riders need to be consulted. Because also here today is Neil Hodgson, the 2003 world champion, and he actually said in our programme, come on, get them out there and race. But then he also said he wouldn't have raced if he was here himself so you can sort of see the two sides yeah it's quite easy to uh, make a decision when your decision doesn't Affect mean anything safety, yeah. Yeah, or anybody or, else's or safety anyone else's, yeah. so it's um, it is a really difficult one in my opinion the right decision has been made and I mean that is with the like I said benefit of hindsight because just after the decision was made when if we had a start of the race the guys that have been on their sort of third or fourth lap, it came on to really rain, and I mean really rain. And when it gets that wet, there's so much lying water, the bike will spin out of control even on the straights. These things have top side of 225, 235 horsepower, and they, 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 are, they have a contact patch of mm. perhaps half as big as the palm of your hand. So there's not a lot keeping you on that track. So. Which is what Chas Davis said, isn't it? He said it's all very well comparing it with a safety car. But And Greg Levere said the same, to be fair, listening into those conversations. You know, that's a car travelling at, what, let's say 30, 40 miles an hour, whatever it is. Four tyres, road tyres. It's completely different to a world superbike with two tyres. Yeah, two in actual tires. fact, even cars, you know, I, I've seen it on motorways. I was not involved, but I saw an accident happening mm. where a couple of cars spun in the wet just because they were going fairly quick and the tyres floated on that water, aquaplaned, the way we call it, and um, they spun out of control. So it can happen, even with cars. I mean, cars, the safe thing about cars is they don't fall over. So they can spin and almost get away with it, and plus you're protected if you hit anything. With a bike, you get that aquaplaning, you're going to go down the road, and, and once you fall off your bike in these conditions at speeds of anything up to, you know, in miles an hour, Probably in these conditions, it's still been doing 175 miles an hour. 
well you ain't stopping so quick so whatever does stop you at the end of barrier or whatever uh, it's gonna hurt and that's the main difference with bike racing isn't it because you could have even had a situation in Qatar which has got runoff all the way to Doha practically if you're in the middle of the track and you get hit it doesn't matter how much runoff is is there no if you get if you're in the middle of the track and somebody hits you well you're in trouble aren't you so for me right decision made and uh, we move on with everybody in one piece uh, to the next round that's the main thing, isn't it? Because I hate to talk about this thing, but we've got to think about this. There was a race in Moscow, Moscow Raceway, which was a different kind of circuit, lined by barriers in 2013. Very, very bad conditions, a lot of spray, not dissimilar to what we had here today. They started a super sport race, which, to be honest, most people said shouldn't have been started. Now, I wasn't there, but I've spoken about this with many people around the paddock in the five years I've been in this paddock. And on that particular occasion, a rider lost his life, Andrea Antonelli. And that's the sort of situation, quite clearly, James, for all the obvious reasons they wanted to avoid here today. Had they started the race today and somebody had been seriously hurt or worse, that really wouldn't have looked very good, would it? No, it wouldn't. I mean, the, the riders are relying on themselves and the organisers to keep them as safe as possible. That said, this sport has an inherent risk. You know, if you risk something with 250, 40 horsepower, 230 horsepower with two wheels, well, of course there's a risk. Like there is with a lot of sports, like uh, anything involving climbing, parachuting, uh, tons of sports. A lot of horse uh, events uh, have a danger. Lots and lots and lots of sports have an element of danger, and we accept that. Uh, but there is a, a time that a decision's got to be made whether the risk at that point, because of conditions, are unacceptable. But for me, right decision today. And I'll have to ask you this, James, because people are asking on Twitter and I feel it's our job to put the viewpoints across. There are some people saying, oh, well, Alvaro Bautista would complain, wouldn't he? Because he's a MotoGP rider and he's used to riding at tracks with massive runoff areas. He would want to not race because he's trying to protect a championship lead. Uh, I personally feel now, having looked at the situation, that it's not him being a, a prima donna, is it? I understand why people would say that. Uh, although it did seem like Bautista was leading that, that sort of discussion on the grid and before they got onto the grid, to be fair. Yeah, uh, but his background's uh, MotoGP. Um, even before the rain came, he was saying that he's never raced anywhere with baddies quite so close, and, and that's fair enough, and we knew he'd say that when he came here. And of course he was going to say, I don't want to race. And of course he has a vested interest in saying that because of his position in the championship. But other riders said that as well. Yeah, it wasn't him on his own. Yeah. So... You know, there is no question we couldn't have raced in conditions that would have prevailed should the race have gone ahead. Just to go back to that Loris Baz tweet, though, let's just say Bautista and whoever else didn't want to race, Chaz Davis and, and most of the grid, let's just say they decided to sit in the pits and let those who did want to race, which sounded like it was perhaps Leon Haslam and a couple of others, two or three maybe, would that have been the right thing to do to let those who want to race race? I mean, it would have looked a bit ridiculous, wouldn't it, to start a race with three riders in it or two riders in it? Yeah, of course, you, couldn't, you can't do that. And, and I'm, I'm sure if you'd have said to them, uh, right, we're having, there's no championship points at stake, Therefore, no bonuses, uh, but we're still going to run it. Uh, mm. You lads want to race. You've said you want to race already. You're quite happy with the conditions. Off you go. All three of you. I'm sure they've gone, eh, you know what, <laughs> we're not bothered now. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, it has to be a central decision from the organisers. Um, I think uh, I think we're going to race anyway. I think it's all, look at it. I mean, it's we're looking at the, the booth now and it is just ah, torrential. And you can maybe hear it from uh, the recording of this podcast as well. It's absolutely pouring down. Uh, well, obviously, uh, a bit of politics there, but safety is the name of the game. And it was about safety. That's what all that was about today. It was a shame, of course. I feel sorry for the crowd. I feel sorry for everybody watching at home. 
Um, they wanted the race as much as everybody here. It's the people in the crowd I really feel sorry for, James. They've sat here in the stands getting soaked all day and not got a race. There were a few boos at the end, but I think even they will understand they couldn't have done this race. I mean, it's absolutely pouring down now. It's the standing water everywhere. Not just the standing water, but the lack of visibility as well, the spray. That's something Chas Davis was uh, touching on. He said we might have even been able to cope with some of the standing water, but the lack of visibility was the main problem. I think... The biggest thing was they were concerned about some areas of this track not having the amount of runoff they needed if something should have gone wrong in these conditions. Uh, the, the fact that there's a lack of visibility, you get every single time it rains, whatever circuit you're on. So lack of vis in these conditions is what you expect. Uh, what you don't expect is if you fall off your bike, it could be an innocuous little crash, you could lose the front and quite easily slide far enough to hit a barrier and do yourself some damage here. So that, I think that's what the main thing was. It was the conditions that where we're at, mm. not mm. conditions in general. I am just keen to know, though, as a rider yourself, have you been in a situation like this before where you've perhaps been, well, not, not one of the front runners, but a rider who's up there towards the front of the grid, maybe not contending for the title, but in the race? Have you felt a pressure when you perhaps have wanted to race, but others haven't, or the other way around, to sort of go along with the general feeling? Yeah, I think as a rider, uh, if I would always go along with the general feeling of the other riders. You know, I remember once, oh, I was saying that I've been involved a couple of times where they've actually had a vote. The organisers have gone to the riders and said, do you want to race? Are you prepared to race? Show of hands, please. Yes or no. Uh, one of those occasions was a track in Mexico City. It was the last round of the championship, or should have been. Uh, 1993 of the World Superbike. I went out there to guest ride on a Belgada bike. Uh, Foggy was there, Scott Russell was there, Alan Slight, people like that. Uh, the circuit was all right, actually. Um, it was warm. There was a few safety issues, but we were prepared to ride until we realised that the circuit security was so bad that people were getting into the circuit uh, not only without paying, but uh, without any clue as to what was going on. There were people playing football on the grass areas at the side of the track. There was a dog ran across, which you, you don't want to hit. Uh, and and the, the tin lid that was put on it was Scott Russell uh, was going down the main straight, which was a fairly quick straight, and a builder's pickup reversed out from a property right in front of him across the track. So we had a vote and we decided not to race. I was one of three riders that voted to race if they could get a few more extra staff on there. But everybody else voted not to race. The championship was already decided, so they decided not to race. Well, that's a good example then. What was going through your mind at that point when you decided to race? Were you thinking, well, I've come all the way here, I want to race now. Were you thinking, I'm being paid to be here? Were you thinking there could be bonuses up for grabs if no one else races? What were you actually thinking at that point? I'm thinking I've come a long way. It's a guest uh, ride. I want to ride this bike for a team that I would love to ride for next year in World Superbike, so I was keen to go. Um, I wasn't keen to go if there were going to be people driving their private cars down the track as I was trying to race, but the organisers already said they'd get some extra staff on, so I I had a bit of a sort of um, condition within my voting, yes, I'd be prepared to race. The condition was that the security was upped for the, for the circuit, and... Uh, you know, I, 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 the other safety issues on track, I was quite, as in a couple of close barriers and stuff, I was quite prepared to put up with. Thanks very much for all that, James. Let's just quickly talk about the racing that we have seen this weekend before we go. Supersport 300 race was cancelled in the drama of this afternoon, so we haven't had a 300 race here, unfortunately. First time they've actually had a race cancelled since that championship began in 2017. Supersport 600, let's build our way up. 
uh, poor old Karakasulo. It seems as though he did have a problem in the end on that last lap, and he was deprived of a fight with his teammate Krumanaka. Yeah, we called it just about right. Um, the way he waved his uh, arms about as soon as Krumanaka uh, repassed him, uh, you could see that he wasn't happy with his bike. It turns out it either something electrical went wrong or seems to me more likely that it ran out of fuel mm. it was the last lap and uh, that robbed him of any chance in actual fact if he hadn't have gone waving his arms about and kind of giving up before the finish because he thought he had a machine problem Kumanaka went into the last chicane the Variante Bassa uh, so hot and defensive that he ran really wide coming out cost him a lot of time and kind of Casulo wouldn't have had to be too much nearer to nick the win anyway um, but yeah, uh, if it, there was a problem with his bike, which we have to believe there was, um, Caracasulo was uh, pretty much robbed of another chance of a win because he would have definitely had a chance, I think, if not. No news at this point about uh, Massimo Roccoli, so hopefully uh, he's mostly OK. That's what brought out a red flag after the chequered flag, actually. Joel Cazell, really quickly, James, we think he had a false neutral, don't we? He lost the lead, and then we think that's probably what happened again in the middle of the Variante Bassa. He got hit then by Luca Mayas, whose bike was hit by Thomas Gradinger. Very nasty. Yeah, it turns out it was an electrical problem. The bike kept ah. cutting out. It cut out of the Variante Alta up at the top. Uh, which dropped him from the lead to third. He then went round in third, looking like he could make a challenge at some point. Um, but then exactly the same thing happened. The bike uh, coming out of the Variante Bassa, the lower chicane, uh, just conked out for a second. Uh, Mahias ran in the back of him. Gradinger, unluckily, they ran in the back of the whole melee. Uh, Clazel didn't go down the road, but bent his exhaust wildly. Mahias did, picked the bike up and still got going again. Um, and Gradinger was carted off. I think he's all right. He was trapped under the bike for a, a second or two. Uh, but, yeah, really unfortunate for Mahias and for, for Gradinger. Now, our guys here are looking to clear away the commentary position, so we're not going to keep them waiting because it's pouring with rain and everyone's been out in the rain all day. So a very quick word on World Superbikes. Um, we've had two races in the end, again, just as we did at Aston. This championship's gone from a 39-race championship to a 38 now a 37 because we've lost another race here. But Jonathan Ray, he's come out and the Bautista run is over. He's won two races. Bautista won second and critically one third. Yeah, we knew straight from seeing Jonathan Ray on track on Friday that he had something about him this weekend. It's a track he loves. Uh, and the very opposite of that for Bautista. He's never raced here before. He's had one track day. So mm. um, fact is it was always going to be Johnny's or one of Johnny's best chances of winning he's won here before um, and he we saw him on Friday night he said tomorrow which was Saturday for race one <laughs> he was going to get going really early and he was going to try and get to the front which he did he forced his way to the front having got off the line in second behind Chas Davis uh, and he set about just pulling away. Chas Davis looked like he might have been able to stay with him, but end of the first lap, he already knew he had uh, electrical issues. The bike got him back to the pits, but he was out. Um, and it was yeah. all Johnny's after that. It was a brilliant result for him, but Bautista did what he had to do and finished second. And it means that a 53-point championship lead coming into the weekend has gone down to a 43-point lead. We will be back with a podcast next week before we get to Donington BSB. Any final thoughts from you, James, or are you off to Bologna Airport? Uh, no, we'll be away in a bit. There's no real rush. Um... I'll be trying to dry out when I get home. Uh, I think the weather at home is going to be quite nice for a, a day or two. And I look forward to uh, Donington BSB. 
Me too. It's going to be a busy period soon because we've got one week off, then we've got Donington, then another week off, and then seven in a row with a combination of World and British Superbikes. So we will speak to you all very soon. And finally, from me and from James, thank you very much because the tweets have been great again this weekend, haven't they? All since Friday practice to today, some really entertaining and good stuff. Yeah, we've had some really good stuff, some really pertinent questions, uh, some uh, good banter as well, ticking the mic uh, in a really funny way. So we like all that. Uh, we're not bothered if you uh, if you get anything to say, you uh, you tweet it through and we'll get to it when we can and, and as accurately as we can. Yeah, it was great stuff. Thanks very much, everyone. We'll be back then with the podcast next week and I'm sure there'll be a little bit more reaction from Imola. And of course, we'll look ahead to the British Superbike Championship, their third round of the season. It's a triple header, actually, incidentally. Three races on the national circuit at Donington Park. But from James, from me, from everyone here at Imola, it's bye for now. We'll speak to you next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.